T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by our local Hyundai dealers. Alongside 670 The Score baseball guru Bruce Levine, I'm Zach Zaidman in for Speeds. We're about 24 hours away from a crosstown showdown. Yes, it's just an exhibition, but... If you've missed baseball, we're going to have it for you tomorrow night. Cubs hosting the White Sox at Wrigley Field here on The Score. And speaking of the White Sox, let's get to the hotline. Joining us now on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Bruce is a special guest. Our, one of our favorites in baseball, a uh, guy that's never afraid to speak what's on his mind, Evan Marshall of the White Sox, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. You can follow Evan on Twitter at E Marsh 31 and uh, Evan, uh, how much time do you spend on Twitter? Uh, probably more than I should, but honestly, <laughs> I'm not on there posting a whole lot. It's really a great source of um, news. I mean, if you want to know what's happening in the world at this second, it's on social media. It's not on TV. So as far, uh, I use it just for kind of the news and the breaking stories. As far as watching you during this second uh, stint, uh, I watched you pitch with interest yesterday because it showed me what a pitcher really does. And, and maybe maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. But, uh, Zach, I was watching Evan pitch yesterday, and they always say sometimes you have your best stuff, sometimes you have your middle stuff, sometimes you don't have stuff at all, but you can still get people out. Um, that's what I saw you do yesterday. And... Uh, it's a mentality as much as it is a physicality, Evan. Can you talk about, you know, going out there getting the job done when you don't really feel your stuff is what it, it could be on a given day? Uh, you know, that that is the day in and day out grind of being a, a reliever and, and even a starter to, to some point is you have to go out there and find a way to manufacture stuff to go out there and get guys out. And it's not always there, and you, you end up relying on other pitches or – other strategies that you're not normally using like um you know yesterday i felt pretty good and and uh things are starting to climb but you know i get a lot of my outs on the ground or uh, mm-hmm. um but every now and then i get a strikeout but you know i had three flyouts yesterday so um you take them however you can get them uh for the most part with these big league hitters if you can get off the sweet spot of the bat you've done your job uh, and I certainly pitched a contact. So, you know, I, I just try to go out there and do what I have to do, whichever way that ends up being. 
White Sox reliever Evan Marshall is our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. So last week we had Aaron Bummer on. And I think the thing that stands out, and you know this because you live it, the thing that stands out about the Sox pen is the confidence. It's not an arrogance. It's it's the confidence that all of you guys have to do the job no matter the situation that presents itself. So I want to have a little bit of fun here. Take me through the makeup of all the different guys in that pen because you you are a unique group with very different personalities. Uh, it is a unique group, but uh, yeah, you know, I sort of followed what Aaron said the other day, and it it really does um, point to to a strength on our team, and that's some depth that we have in the bullpen. Um, you know, Colomay is an all star closer. Uh, and for the third or fourth time in his career, he had over 30 saves last year. So that's that's pretty exciting when you can lean on a guy like that in the back end of the pen. I mean, he's quiet. He just goes about his business. He works extremely hard. Uh, but if you want to learn from him, if you want to learn how to throw the cutter the way that he does, he'll sit there and teach you everything you want to know. Uh, and that's nice to have that kind of leadership in the back um, because he's been there and he's done that. And there's a, I don't know, there's a confidence that kind of exudes from him uh, with sort of that quietness. Like he just, he's there to go do his job and you trust that he's going to, he, there's really nothing else going on that he cares about. It's, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Hey, speaking of interesting dynamics, Yon Mankato was on a conference call with us, uh, beaten up writers and reporters, uh, yesterday. And he talked about the fact that when he does return, he does expect teammates to be intimidated by the fact that he tested positive and that he came back healthy. And he does expect uh, a little reticence of being around him because, uh, in, in essence, he's the first person that just about anybody knows on your team that had contracted uh, the virus and, and come back. Can you talk about your feelings personally about being around that and also... Um, you know, the, the openness of Mankata saying he'll understand if people want to stay away because of the, the great unknown here. Yeah. You know, he's back with the team now and we're, we're, it was a, a tough break uh, for him, especially obviously, but uh, for everybody, for him to, to contract the virus. And, you know, he's a big part of uh, this White Sox team and, and such a great year he had last year. And we see him trending, um, upward and we want to continue to watch that. And then for this to happen, we're now, we're down to a uh, little under a week, I guess, of until um, opening day and we need to have our you know, starting third baseman ready to roll. So um, you want to just pay attention to him and see how he's bouncing back, you know, or his muscles fatiguing faster, you know, or, or is there any, le- any leftovers from the virus affecting his body with what kind of shape he's in or, you know, but here pretty soon he's going to start getting a lot of the bats in our uh, inter squad games because we want him ready for opening day. Uh, now, as far as the the clubhouse, I mean, he's back in there and and we're all wearing masks and uh, that's kind of been standard procedure. Um, anyways, uh, we're happy to see him. We're happy to see him healthy. You know, it's it's a little weird to sit there and know that he had the virus, but also knowing that the major league protocols. Uh, have been doing their jobs. Um, he's tested negative uh, multiple times now, so we know that the virus is out of the system and there's no fear 
of contracting it anymore. Um, I'm certainly not going to stray away from, uh, well, I guess these days, giving them an Air 5 or um, (laughs) anything like that. But uh, we're just happy to have them back and have them be healthy. Visiting with White Sox reliever Evan Marshall here on The Score. What's the thing that's most different for you personally having to navigate through this new normal? Um, you know, I was, uh, God, out on the mound, I licked my fingers a lot, and now that's a no-no. Uh, so I'm pitching with, like, a quarterback towel hanging out of my back pocket that's got, like, some moisture on it. That's, like, right. what the next uh, the next thing you're allowed to do instead of licking your fingers. So maybe we can get sponsored by, uh, like, a football uh, quarterback <laughs> towel company or have, me, like, a little check. pouch, the quarterback <laughs> hand warmer pouch. Evan, you can't put anything else on that rag like, uh, you know, uh, suntan lotion or anything like that. That's not allowed, right? That's your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Evan Marshall, I guess, kind of inside the clubhouse. And uh, as you hear his sense of humor, you understand why we love to have him uh, on the score and on our show because – he does keep things loose, and he is a guy that has a strong opinion. I want to go back to 2017 when you went to the Mexican League and became a closer there, and what you learned there about pitching that, uh, that pushed you forward a little bit going on uh, you know, the, the next year, uh, leaving the Mariners, going to Cleveland, and then eventually with the White Sox. What did you learn there about legal and illegal pitches and about throwing in that league in particular? Uh, you don't have to doctor the baseball or anything special in that league. Just throw it in the dirt one time because they just throw it back to you. They don't throw it out. So, you know, there's no need for sandpaper. Like, just take the ball, reach down to the ground and scuff it and then put it back in your glove and throw whatever you want to throw. So, uh, the Mexican League is, is actually, it, it really is awesome. I mean, they treated me like family when I went down there. And I was in Mazalan, so it was white sandy beaches, and I went deep sea fishing every Monday. And uh, the team was great. The other imports were awesome, but even the locals were, were fantastic. Uh, and I had a great time down there. And, and uh, I don't know if I learned anything new about pitching. I was down there to sort of showcase that I was healthy and, and things like that. So I was sort of just trying to drive home the type of pitcher that I already was. Uh, and get some reps. Um, like in 2017, I missed most of the year with the torn hamstring, so I was able to go down there and pick up some saves and show I still had back end of the po- the back end of the pen capabilities. And um, after that first year, I signed with Cleveland. Uh, I think while I was down there, or just after I got home, and then the second time I went down there, I signed with the White Sox um, while I was still down there. So. Uh, it definitely has its perks. Um, it can be a grind. I mean, there are a couple of bus rides that are, that are longer. You do have to fly around a little bit, uh, and you're certainly out of your comfort zone. Uh, but you just sort of have to embrace where you're at and, and uh, get out of it the most that you can. Evan, it was no secret. Last year, most players around the league, and I'm sure you kind of felt this way too, there was something different about the actual baseball last season, according to most. Have you noticed anything different this year um you know uh, so far i have not seen like any broken bat homers or 
I haven't seen any homers that had no business even getting to the warning track or anything versus last year. We saw that pretty regularly. Um, so uh, I don't know if you're going to say that the ball is different. I mean, I know that the commissioner's office will say that the baseball has never changed in the history of our game. Uh, and scientifically, that's been proven not to be the case. The, uh, uh, you know, Verlander took a ball from a few years ago and a ball from last year and sent it to a lab and had them break down all the physics of it and found that the ball last year went 30 feet farther or something. It's like, yeah, of course it did. Uh, and then the commissioner's office says something like uh, that Rawlings had gotten lax in the creation of the baseball or something like that where the standards weren't as high or like, like it was just a chance that every single baseball – you know, went 10 rows deeper into the stands when you hit it. So uh, this year I haven't seen anything of it. Last year we all knew, we all know the truth. Uh, that'll never be admitted to. Or, But, you know, the thing I would say, uh, especially talking about that, is when in the history of the game has anything ever changed without the direct knowledge and approval of the commissioner's office? Uh, probably never and never will. That's for sure. Exactly. So – they have plausible deniability here where they can, there's no paper trail, but you know, they, the game changed and everyone knows that. What does the addition of Steve Ciszek mean both uh, when he comes into the game and uh, as far as the clubhouse guy uh, is, uh, gets to be, because uh, obviously uh, us reporters had a, a nice chance to uh, deal with Steve on the North side, find out what a quality individual he was, but uh what, what does he bring to your team, uh, both on and off the field? Um, he's a tremendous leader. Uh, he's quiet. He goes about his business. Um, but he, he's just a great guy. He's a, a good father and a husband, and we're really you know thankful that we have him on our team. Um, we don't have anything like a C-Shack, and nobody really does. Uh, you know, so that's a completely unique look that we can throw out there out of our pen, and it won't just be like another version of me or another version of Bummer. Like it's it's a completely different look. So when we throw him out there, the hitters are seeing something that they're completely not used to, uh, and you can see that just watching him throw in our games. I mean, he'll give up a single or something here or there, but it's probably on the ground, and then he strikes out the side or something. I mean, it's just. Tremendous what he's able to do, and he's done it for so long. Um, you know, I crossed paths with him in Seattle, um, and that's when I got to know him uh, as a person. I think he's just going to bring so much to this team because there's some youth, there's some veteran leadership, and he just sort of fits in uh, with either group. He can adapt, but more than anything, he's a tremendous reliever, and we're really lucky to have a talent like him on our team. Talking White Sox with reliever Evan Marshall here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. So everyone has had that Luis Robert wow moment where you're watching him and you've seen him do something that you rarely see out on the baseball diamond. For you, what's been that moment? Uh, when he fell down hitting a homer against Rodon. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's probably everybody's wow moment. I mean, I, I have never played with him. We've never crossed paths until this spring or uh, last spring, but he is a, a tremendous talent, and I never really fully grasped uh, that he is a five-tool player. He is he can run with anybody on our team, hit it as far as anybody. He's going to hit for average. Um, I think he's still learning. You know, if he's going to be a top-of-the-order guy, you know, some people say he could be a leadoff hitter. 
um, that obviously a powerful leadoff hitter. Um, he's got to learn how to take a pitch or two. I mean, if you watch his at bats uh, with us, he's swinging a lot early and often, and that's fine if that's who he's going to be. But he'll, you know, he fits more into the, the cleanup hitter, three hitter, four hitter, five hitter uh, role. So we'll see uh, sort of where he ends up in the lineup, but he will be in the lineup for a long time to come. That's for sure. So the the idea that country music has taken over in Major League Baseball and has just pretty much dominated clubhouses since I've been covering over the last 10 years, when we hear starting pitchers getting ready, they usually pick the music out of what's being played in the clubhouse before they start. Where, where did that come from, and are you are you of that genre as well? Um, I'm kind of a mutt when it comes to... Uh music selections. I mean, it could be anything from country to heavy metal to rap and hip hop or R&B and, and I listen to all of it. Um, yeah, you, you certainly see uh, clubhouses sort of controlled by the starting pitcher for the day, but I, you know, they don't really get there until later in the day, closer yeah. to start time uh, versus we've been there for a few hours already. And, and, you know, TA's on the, um, on the uh, the speakers or uh, Nikki Delmonico, and, and they just sort of keep it fresh with a mixture of any different type of genre. Uh, and so, you know, the music in the clubhouse is great. I kind of wish they would start playing music um, in the stadiums. You know, yesterday we kind of got a first taste of the crowd noise, and it, it mm-hmm. just sounds like a washing machine's running in the background or something. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, um, I don't value that at all. Uh, I think just like a little bit of music playing in the background would, I don't know, make the game flow better. Everybody's out there bopping around a little bit. I mean, you'd see some personalities come out. and uh, We certainly have plenty of musical talent uh, on the south side that we could be piping into the uh, speaker. So uh, crowd noise is terrible, uh, and I'm voting uh, for uh, for, uh, music. Well, maybe, would you rather uh, have it quiet, yeah. though? Would, would I rather have it quiet? Um, quiet's boring. Uh, yeah, there's some <laughs> exciting things. Like, you get to you get to hear more, and I think that's fun. Kind of like how they're miking up more golfers. And, like, yesterday you saw Bryson DeChambeau have a meltdown 10 on one hole, and you got to hear all of it. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing a hitter, what they say after they break a bat or hit a homer, or a pitcher after a strikeout or, or anything like that, you know, if they can use those hot mics from the sidelines and pick up what's going on uh, on the field, uh, as long as there was a brief delay between uh, live TV and what is happening on the field, uh, I think you'd get to see uh, some more character of some of our best players. And, and um, I don't know, you get a more behind the scenes, intimate feel of what's going on out there. Just the way the so- infielders talk to each other or, um, the way the outfielders communicate, and, and then the way the guys talk to themselves, which I think would be the most entertaining. <laughs> Evan Marshall, for one more minute on Inside the Clubhouse, because we only paid him for 18, 19 minutes, and we're, we're 17 minutes into it right now. Evan, when, um, when it's a, let's, let's say it's Friday, it's the seventh inning, you come in, uh, the tying runs on base, and Rocco Baldelli and two of the other twins are on you and talking to you and 
getting on your case because it's an empty stadium with no other noise out there and they are trying to distract you. Do you think this is something we will see much of during the 2020 season where opposite benches hit will try to have an impact on the play on the field? Um, you can't say it won't happen because it might. You're going to hear, you like from the, the mound, you're going to hear everything. Um, and uh, if something like that is going to happen, um, you know, some guys block all that out and never hear it. And some guys are listening and, and uh, they need that edge to push them a little harder. And some guys pay a little too much attention to it and they lose focus. So it kind of depends on um, the type of person you are. I mean, uh, like Amir Garrett's probably going to charge off the mound to go fight Rocco Baldelli at the dugout <laughs> if he hears him talking from from uh, the dugout. So, you know, I think it just depends on who you are. This is a, a lot of firsts that are going to happen in this short little season. So, um, you know, we, we uh, just at the at our ballpark, they built the um, the little shade structures next to the dugouts in the stands for players to be sitting. We're not that far away from the other team. Like, we could carry a conversation on back there if we wanted to. So, uh, I will be out in the bullpen in my own little shade structure. Um, I tried to convince uh, our ops team to put the bullpen up in one of the suites where it's shady, <laughs> and then we could have a slide down to the bullpen. Uh, I think that would have been something. We could we could have changed the game, and I, they told them that they would table that talk for another day. That's you know um, that's too much fun for baseball. That would be actually marketing, right? So uh, well, yeah, we don't want to like, yeah, do have, that. Yeah, you could have kids using the slide like before the games and stuff. So. Yeah, it would be yeah. it would be fun. No, it's it's going to be interesting. Hey, uh, Zach and I really appreciate you joining us. It's always fun to have you on. The best of luck to you in the White Sox this year, and we'll see you out at the ballpark from a from a distance far away, but uh, occasionally on Zoom. Thanks again, Evan. Appreciate it. Anytime you guys want to have me on. All right. Appreciate it. Evan Marshall of the Chicago White Sox joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. He's Zach Zaidman. I'm Bruce Levine. We're here for you until 11 o'clock. Then Rosie and Mark Grody take over. Um, always an interesting conversation with Evan Marshall. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and he talked about it earlier, just that entire bullpen on the south side, the dynamic is uh, an interesting one, you know, because most teams, we spend so much time talking about starting pitching, and rightfully so. But ultimately, when you look at what's going to help any team this season get to the playoffs, it's going to be the bullpens. And for many teams, it's a huge question mark. I don't think it is for the White Sox. And that's one of the reasons they're in prime position to make a playoff push this year. Well, yeah, it is a nice combination of veterans who have done it before and young arms uh, led by Bummer, who could be uh, the next ascending major weapon in a bullpen in baseball. I mean, he's shown it over the last couple of years. The White Sox wrapped him up with a nice contract uh, uh, over the offseason, and now you're moving forward with uh, that type of uh, bullpen with the addition of C-Sheck as well. So it should be fun to watch. Yeah, a lot of options for Rick Renteria and Don Cooper in terms of how to use those guys as the regular season unfolds. First game, exhibition style, tomorrow night on the score, 
Cubs hosting the White Sox at Wrigley Field, 6.55 broadcast time, 7.05 first pitch with Pat and Rom. Let's take a break, Bruce. When we come back, we'll flip ahead to the White Sox first opponent of the regular season. The Minnesota Twins and our good friend Corey Provis, their play-by-play man, joins us next. This is Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Alongside 670 The Score baseball guru Bruce Levine, Zach Zaidman in for Speaks on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. White Sox start the season for real on Friday against the Minnesota Twins. Let's get a preview and jump on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Bruce, we've got a guest. Chicago's own Corey Provis, now the voice for many years now of the Minnesota Twins on radio, joins us from his palatial home in the suburbs of uh, Minneapolis. How are you today, Corey? Fine. And Bruce, I got to ask you, how many takes did you need to get the Jeff Boop <laughs> jingle down? I mean, how did you get that right away? Or I'm sure there had well, to be no, at least I mean, 20 you, outtakes. Well, you've heard it. You know it's not very good anyway, so why would I do why would I do more than one? I just say, uh, I think Book? there have to be the outtakes have to be priceless. Come on. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm a you know, I'm a singer from way back. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> yeah. uh uh-huh. I was uh with I was with the uh with the Ray kind of big band uh big band back in the uh 60s and 50s. So okay. from from that perspective, I, I had that down, but you know, Vuk, uh, Vuk deserves the best. Uh, you know, he is the best as far as uh, insurance, uh, assurance, insurance, and insurance assurance. So from all of that, um, we move on to Corey Provis, who uh, once, like Zach, was a part of the Chicago Cubs broadcast team and now has been in the Twin Cities for a number of years. What should we expect from the Minnesota Twins in 2020, that being an abbreviated season? Well, I mean, offense carried the team to more than 100 wins last year, and the offense will have to carry this yet again. I think the pitching is better. Uh, the starting staff is better with the additions of Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill. Uh, I, I think the bullpen was really good, kind of a quiet, successful bullpen the second half of last season. Um, you know, they boasted a really, really good war collectively amongst that group, and basically all those guys are back, and they added a few other guys. But I still think it's about this lineup, and you can make a case that it's the deepest, most powerful lineup in the game. 
Um, you know, Byron Buxton's dealing with a foot injury. Luis uh, Rise hurt his knee yesterday, but both are considered to be minor injuries. But still, there's just so much power up and down this lineup. It's going to be it's going to be a tough lineup for opposing pitchers to have to get through. It is a perfect analytical team. That's why the Twins won 101 games last year, shattering the all-time record for home runs with 307. And they added Josh Donaldson to the mix. After all of that, they struck out a franchise record, 1,463 batters. And we'll get to that in a sec. But, uh, Corey, being in, in Minneapolis right now, after everything that's happened uh, in this pandemic with what happened with George Floyd. What is that like? What's what's the city like right now? You know, it's still, it's it's calmed down a little bit, but nobody's forgotten what it, what transpired here in May. Uh, you know, the murder of George Floyd is still very much on people's minds and the civil unrest that, that was ongoing here for a long time, that has calmed down, but still emotions are running hot. Uh, it's, it's, it's a subject and a topic that has not gone away, nor should it go away, because uh, it, it brought a lot of things to the forefront yet again. And that, again, the civil unjust that we saw transpire in, in this great city and in the great cities, including St. Paul, um, you know, it was inspirational at times to see people come together with how outraged they were with the constant, constant uh, illegal activity. And in this case, the murder from the Minneapolis Police Department and Derek Chauvin against uh, George Floyd, uh, uncalled for. I mean, terrible, horrible, horrendous, and uh, rightly so. You know, Derek Chauvin's going to be in jail for a long, long time. Jose Barrojas, uh, one of the top young pitchers in baseball, will be facing the Chicago White Sox opening day. What uh, are the expectations for uh, the rotation? Uh, you add, Like you said, you added Maeda, you added Hill, uh, Bailey's long, uh, Orderizzi is a big part of it. Uh, is this a championship caliber rotation? It's better. I mean, Jose Barrios, let's start with him. Like you said, Bruce, he's going to get the ball on Friday um, at guaranteed right field to open up the season. I don't think Barrios is an ace across the game yet. He's the Twins' number one guy, but I don't think that's fair to say because he's the number one guy. He's also an ace. I think that's a separate, you know, kind of category. But Barrios, there are there are moments and there are stretches when you see him approach that status and the changeup because everybody has seen his breaking ball. They, they've seen his fastball. They've seen his sinker. But he threw the changeup last year at a higher rate than he ever had before. And hearing Nelson Cruz talk about it, facing him during his scrimmages and live VP sessions, you know, he's really encouraged by the maturation of that pitch. So he is, he is the top guy. Jake Odorizzi was an all-star last year. Uh, but what, what they were lacking, and I think this, this came to the forefront in the postseason series with the Yankees, was they, they did not have a wealth of pitching postseason experience. I mean, Odorizzi's been around a long time. No postseason experience up until last year. You know, now they bring in Maeda. Now they bring in Rich Hill. And Rich Hill, by the way, had the season begun on time. He was not going to be ready coming back from elbow surgery, but he's good to go. He'll be in the rotation when the season begins next week. But they, they've added guys that have been there before. They've added even Tyler Clippert in the bullpen. They've added some guys that they just did not have in the past. They had some offensive players that had some experience, but not so much in the pitching front. And adding, you know, Hill and Maeda, I think, kind of shows that that was the route that they were trying to, to go after. 
after missing out on Zach Wheeler and, and Hyunjin Ryu and even Madison Bumgarner, they, they put all their eggs in the Donaldson basket. They got there, but then they also were going to supplement their pitching either by a trade or maybe add a guy like Hill, even though knowing he was going to be ready if the season had begun in March. Visiting with Twins play-by-play man Corey Provis here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. How do you think the Twins are going to be impacted by this 60-game sprint? I think they were more, my own opinion, Zach, I think they were more built for six months than 60 games because I, I think they had the depth, they had the experience that, you know, they get off to a good start, or even if they didn't, I think they were going to outlast teams eventually. Uh, I don't think they were going to win the division by 15 games. I, didn't think, I think, still think it was going to be close, but I thought they just had the depth and the experience that in crunch time, when you, when you got to September, that they were going to find a way to put teams away. Now, you know, everything is kind of thrown in, you know, the, the basket here, and you don't know what could be. I mean, these are some older guys. I mean, Nelson Cruz turned 40 on July 1st. Donaldson's now 34. That, you know, a guy or two that tweaks a hamstring or tweaks an intercostal, you know, that could be that could be it. I mean, you're not going to have the time to recover. Regular season, you're out for a couple of weeks, maybe a month. It's one thing, but you're just not going to have the time. So I think some of that's going to be tested. Um, but there's still some really good minor league players that we've seen in some of these scrimmages that uh, are going to be really important, I think, potent bats if if some of the main guys go down. You know, the guys like Alex Kirloff and Trevor Larnick and Brent Rooker and Royce Lewis, they're here. They're part of that 60-man squad, and these guys are on the cusp of, of being impactful, impactful players. These are first-round picks. In Lewis's case, he was the first overall pick. Uh, but these are some first-round picks that are ready to jump in if need be. You know, I've tweaked my intercostal a number of times, and it's no fun. It really you is. You have an intercostal? I, I didn't know you even I, had I an try, I Well, I, I had one. I had one put in. I, I lost mine originally. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you eat I all that Max and Benny's, it's going to do it to you. You know, you're going to yeah, tweak your intercostal. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Corn beef piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper, you know. Um, It's broadcasting challenge for you and uh, for Zach and everybody that broadcasts Major League Baseball this year from the perspective of uh, road games and doing them uh, from, uh, are you going to be doing them from uh, the, uh, the Target Center or will it be a studio and how do you get the perspective of the ballpark and changes in the lineup unless you're following on um, MLB.com and concentrating on the field at the same time? Sounds like a, a huge challenge. Good question. It, it, it's kind of ever-evolving. So for home games, yeah, we'll, we'll be at target field, and that won't change, and you know, we're going to face the field like we always do. But our, the latest thing that we're talking about now is and we're going to use the visiting TV booth because it's bigger. And, you know, Danny Gladden, who I work the games with, we can spread out a little bit more. But for road games, we're kind of have, we're going to have our backs to the field. And our plan right now, we have on wheels like a 70-inch monitor that we're going to have the game feed. But then we also may have additional views on that 70-inch monitor. It may be in terms of football, you have the all 22. Well, this may be the all nine that we'll have an idea when, when guys are shifted over, maybe when guys are running and we'll have a bullpen camera, you know, maybe an on-deck area to kind of see who's coming up and pinch hitters. But 
it, it's going to be a struggle. And I, I think we, and, and Zach, you know, I'm curious you're taking this too. I think we, as, as broadcasters, we will adjust to broadcasting the games off the monitors and the monitor. What I think is going to be the number one concern that I have, and Zach, perhaps you, is that I think a big part of what we do and what we have to deliver day in and day out is information that the fans do not yet know of, that they did not read in the paper, did not see on Twitter, did not see on the news the night before or that day. And if we have to run down and ask a player a question 90 minutes before the game, it's not a big deal in years past. That's not the case right now. So getting that kind of information, if I forgot to ask, you know, Jorge Polanco something, or if I forgot to ask, you know, Jose Barrio something, in the old days of going down and, and asking them, we don't have that luxury anymore. So that, to me, is more of a challenge than the mechanics of broadcasting the game off a monitor. I think we'll figure that out. It'll be an adjustment, but I, the, the other part is more concerning to me. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, it's, it's a business of information. We are in the nuggets and tidbits business, and every little thing matters that you can add to a broadcast and the inability to speak to players. Now, we'll be able to do some of it via text because, uh, you know, the, the players are, are pretty good with that. But the problem is, before a game, it's not as though the players have the cell phones in their uniform back pocket ready to talk to you. And that's what we're going to miss. Uh, understanding some of the moves that maybe a manager may make going into a game, uh, those conversations uh, I'm going to miss terribly because yeah. uh, especially when we had uh, Joe Madden and, and David Ross is the same way. There's so much information that you can glean from those visits. So the inability to have that on a daily basis is going to be an issue. But in terms of the actual broadcast mechanics, I agree with you. The high home camera, meaning the view that you would get uh, on TV that we would get from a, a broadcast booth if we're calling a game with the guys in front of us is uh, is enough to, to overcome. But I think the fact that we can embrace it. I mean, you're working with Danny Gladden, for Pete's sake. This is a guy, Bruce, when the Twins were at Wrigley Field last year visiting, he, uh, at one point, uh, it was a really hot, humid uh, day, and uh, decided, you know what, I, I can't take this, I'm sweating. Starts changing his shirt in the middle of the game. There are all these people looking at him in the booth, and he's disrobing and changing into clothes that make him feel more comfortable. So just the fact that you've got that entertainment value right next to you, Corey. I mean, I know what it's like to work with a, a very popular former Minnesota twin, but Gladden's next level in terms of uh, the wild factor. And I'd love to tell you, Zach, that was because of the weather, but that, that's an average Monday for Danny. <laughs> that's, not, that's not something unusual. I mean, he has more costume changes than Beyonce. I mean, the guy will have a different outfit every other inning. So that's just who he is. But he's a blast. I mean, we really have fun. Uh, when So Danny played, obviously, for the Twins, but he came up with the Giants. And so interleague play a couple of years ago, we're out in the Bay Area, and they, they show Danny on TV because he was teammates with – uh, Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko, and they they showed Danny on TV, and we got the audio later that that Kruk and Kuyper saying how one thing about Dan Gladden, if you were ever in a baseball fight, you want him on your team. So uh, it was just he's just a great personality, a guy that we really have a lot of fun with, and I've been so spoiled going from you know Pat and, and Rob Santo to to Euchre in Milwaukee, and now Danny that I really am lucky that I've had these characters. Uh, to be around and learn from uh, throughout, throughout my career. Sounds like a book. Uh, Corey, 
Thanks for joining Zach and I from your home on the Intercostal. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you Wednesday at Wrigley Field and then this weekend at uh, Guaranteed Rate against the White Sox. It's an all Minnesota week here for us Chicago people with you and the team in town. Yeah, it's, you know, we were talking yesterday a little bit, you know, with the COVID results have come back pretty positive across the game. But now the big challenge is that the players, and again, I'm not traveling, but the players are going to be on the road. They're going to have all that time in downtown Chicago. You know, what will they follow protocol? That That's a really interesting conversation. That, to me, is a huge hurdle. If this is going to really play through and play out, will the guys be able to just, you know, stay put? And it, it'll be a challenge when they're in Chicago next week. Yeah, you're right. Thanks for correcting me. I'm so used to having you in the ballpark that uh, this is another adjustment here right away that we'll not be able to see our good friends in the broadcast booths, but we will be listening and enjoying uh, everything that you and Danny do. Thanks again for joining, Zach. All right, Bruce. Great to talk to you, Zach. All the best, and I'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. See you guys. Corey Provis, the Twins' voice on radio. You're a Chicago native from Highland Park, and... uh, one of the real good guys and good broadcasters in the game. Another Syracuse success story. Bruce, when we come back, we're putting one you of, on the hot one seat. Of them. There's not that many. Right. So we're, uh, there's no statistical evidence uh, to base <laughs> what you just said, which gets me to what we're going to be doing in the next segment, which is we're going to ask you for your predictions, AL Central, NL Central. You're the guru. We'll find out. Bruce Levine's picks for the season next on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Inside the Clubhouse rolls on on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Bruce Levine is along. I'm Zach Saveman in for Speaks. We're with you until the top of the hour. And we've got some calls at 312-644-6767. To Forest Park we go. Tim, you're on The Score. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, guys. Uh, love your show. Uh, my question is, do you have any sort of inside information or insight? Why did the White Sox fire their hitting coach? You know, they had the top hitter in the league. They had the number three hitter, the top RBI guy. You know, McCann had a great year. and Eloy led all rookies in home runs. And to me, that doesn't seem to jive with the idea that you then fire your hitting coach. I haven't seen anything about it in the paper, and I was wondering if you guys had any sort of insights. Yeah, uh, and that's a real good question, uh, you know, but uh, the, the reality was is that Frank Menachino at AAA had a lot of these guys, Zach, uh, coming up through the minor leagues over the last couple of years, uh, and they felt that his philosophy was more in line with what they uh, wanted Robert and uh, some of the uh, younger guys to continue doing along the way. Um that doesn't mean that Trick, who was the former hitting coach and uh, was a favorite among them, was not good at what he was doing. They just felt that Menachino's uh, idea about metrics and following that with what he's teaching right now goes better along with what uh, they want their White Sox hitters to be doing in the future. And that's simply back to, it. Back to the phones we go. Don in Burr Ridge. Hi, Don. You're on the score. Hey, we're talking baseball. Mickey and the Duke. Love it. Yeah, it's about hey. time. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I have an idea. I, I, I see that the Mets are selling um, season ticket holders uh, cutouts to put in their seats. I think it's $86 to, 
to put them in the seats. But I have this this idea. White sacks as well. It, well, anyways, take down the screens going down all the foul lines. And if a, if a baseball hits your cutout, you win a prize. Let's say a jersey or whatever. One thing that you have to do, though, is you got to sign a waiver. If your cutout gets hit, you can't sue. I think it would be okay. interesting. Oh, there's uh, Tim. He's going to sign Bryant jersey. Okay, that's that's a great idea, and, and thanks for <laughs> thanks for the contribution. Uh, I, I I love the idea of being creative, uh, Zach, with what we should do with the stands. Uh, and uh, cutouts are a part of what people are doing out there. It's uh, some of the things that people are going to try to do to uh, liven up the game. I think good quick ball games. Two-hour and 40-minute games, I think that'll be enough for everybody. I'm just embracing everything that comes along uh, with this season. As long as they're playing and it's safe and everyone's healthy, embrace it. Because uh, we went through uh, a long period of time over the last four months uh, without sports. And just the fact that we have any version of these professional sports leagues in this country, including baseball, is uh, enough to get me excited. All right. All right. So Before we, we we're out the, here, uh, my predictions, yes. uh, Zach. Hit me. Uh, Chicago White Sox division, American League Central, Twins 34 and 26, White Sox 33 and 27, get a wild card, Indians 32 and 28. Cubs National League, Cardinals 33 and 27, Cubs 32 and 28, Cubs make the playoffs as well, Reds 30 and 30, Brewers 29-31. I'll be getting booed in Wisconsin like I normally do. Zach, we have people to thank today, including our own Ron Coomer, who you'll hear with Zach and Pat tomorrow night as they do the game at 7:10. We also have to thank uh, Evan Marshall for joining us of the White Sox, Corey Provis, the voice of the Twins. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB. Bruce Levine, as well as writing Sox and Cubs every day on our website at 670 The Score. Thanks for pinch hitting, Zach. Look forward to seeing you at the ballpark tomorrow. Can't wait. This has been Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.